Lounge Fly, Stone Temple Pilots taking us in. What else would be more appropriate on this week after we lost Scott Weiland? Of course, this show will discuss the loss of Scott Weiland and how much he meant to us. Welcome to Twisted Lister, episode 37. Hopefully I got the count right. Todd and Harrison always correct me. I'm Scott, as always, joined by Todd and Harrison. We'll be counting down our favorite albums of 2015. We're wrapping up the year. I can't believe it's already the end of the year. Uh, guys, welcome to the show. Obviously, a sad week with the passing of Scott Weiland. All of us have plenty to say about that and about the impact of Scott Weiland and Stone Hill Pilots as well as Velvet Revolver on all of us. Definitely, and you have the right number, 37. You all right, good, good, good. But, and, I, and I also I love that you played that, not only because it's one of my favorite STP songs, Loungefly, but it also makes me feel as if it's it's about 1996 or so, and Kurt Loder is doing the news, and that by that I mean MTV News because that was the intro music for MTV. Uh, yeah, I'll take the compliment. Oh, wow. I think if we're doing as good a job as Kurt Loder did, I mean we could go down oh, yeah. a whole sinkhole with with MTV News. Kurt Loder, uh, yeah. Kurt Loder, Tabitha Sway, John the, Norris, John Norris, Chris Connolly, John, Chris Connolly yeah, yeah, John Norris, of course. Harrison, are you with us? No, I'm here. Yeah, ah. no, sorry, I'm. Uh... <laughs> I'm deep in conversation. No, I was just thinking, Are you deep in conversation? Yeah, I, you know, it, go ahead. No, I was yeah. just thinking, like, you know, you got to give Wyland credit, at least, I mean, one, for making it this long. I think that that surprised a lot of people in and of itself. And also, and, and in a sense, dying with his boots on, man. Like, he was yes. on the road, right? I'm, There's I'm, something... No, I'm glad something you something poetic and heroic about that. Like when they make the inevitable bio, bio, biographical movie, that'll be the, uh, the the killer end scene. Yeah, you know? no, I have I have three different things that I want to say about Scott Weiland. I have three anecdotes, and Scott Weiland, as you guys know, one of my favorite rockers uh, that we grew oh, up yeah. you know, listening to. I mean, he was personally one of my favorite, and um, I have uh, maybe actually four anecdotes now that I think about it. But number one. My immediate thought is just what you said, Harrison. When he died uh, on his tour bus in the middle of Minnesota, like it doesn't get more rock star than that. When you think of "Hey, Hey, My Mind," you think of like you know, it's like it's it's the, the tales of a rock star. It's it's that that's it. Like the guy lived the lifestyle of being at the very top in the '90s, and then he dies doing what he was. But there's a guy if you've ever seen Scott Weiland perform, he was born to do what he had the opportunity. Oh, yeah. to do. For, I, for 20 years he was like totally oh, got the musical version of the wrestler you know, yes no the wrestler. i was thinking more but crazy heart <laughs> it is crazy heart right but with a with a yeah. sad ending i mean he you know it's it's crazy heart but here's the other piece of it you know over the recent years as bob dylan and willie nelson tore uh into uh, close to 80 okay you know in their Nelson's 70s in his 80s okay yeah so Nelson's so in his 80s. 70s and 80s it's obvious these guys are going with the mantra we will be doing this until we die i mean that's you know whether that's in in 20 years or whether that's you know whenever that it whenever it happens they and and that's that's what he was he was a rock star until the very last breath and um that's pretty awesome, and like that's yeah, that's pretty awesome. And no, and, it is. I agree yeah. because like he, that was the cool thing was even even when he, you know, was not nearly as big as his '90s heyday, he still had that, or at least thought in his head, and he had the aura that he was this rock star. Even if well, you know, I'd, I'd argue with you. Same level, and he was playing clubs instead I, of arenas. I, I, but I'd say he had it. I mean, all the three of us went to one of the the initial Velvet Revolver shows on the East Coast when they did club yeah. dates after An they incredibly did... important show. Oh yes. my God, it was. I mean, that was amazing. Yeah. Two thousand four, I believe. Let me. I yeah. mean, it's one of the. It probably it might be, and I haven't made the 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 final list, but it may be on my list of top five of the top five concerts I've ever seen. 
2019. The three of us got tickets. Harrison got the tickets. Thank you. I yep, uh, got an opportunity to see Velvet Revolver, 930 Club. The album, the, the debut album, maybe had just come out. I don't even know if it was out yet. Uh, they were doing a lot of GNR songs. Probably half the set was GNR, I want to say. Uh, of, maybe yeah, a third a of the it, set yeah. was GNR. Uh, and to see Slash and Scott Weiland, two of the greatest rockers as far as stage presence is concerned, from the last 25 years on the same stage, let alone on a club stage, okay? So a, a small... tiny stage. Right? Like, yeah. It looked like they were just sitting on top of each other. You know, that yeah. all of them were so much larger than life. Yeah, and it, it's weird to see. There was, there was a lot of, you know, you look back at the what came out of the, the press coverage and, and people's reaction, and there were it was like half the... A lot of people were saying, oh, I met Scott Weiland a year ago, or two years ago, or five years ago, or ten years ago, and he was so out of it, yada, 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 and yeah, of course. I mean, he was an artist. I mean, I'm sure he was kind of out of it, but that doesn't, you can't take anything away from, if you ever saw him on stage, and I got the chance to see him, I, I there are two times that shine for me. I think we, I think Todd, you and I saw him once on a solo tour, right, at, at HF Festival. Is that right? Am I right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, yeah, I was there. It was, okay, and it was I'll, 12 Bar Blues. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, blues. I'll, I'll, let's, let's eliminate that one. But I got to see him, <laughs> Stone Devil Pilots in 95, 94, 95. Five, um, and then I got to see that Velvet Revolver show, and it's amazing. And um, yeah, I mean, my take is, and I want to hear more. You guys, you know, your your initial takes on on Scott Weiland, and but you guys know, I mean, he was one of my favorite rockers, and and uh, and I just in Harrison echoing what you said, like he lived. It was the it was the quintessential lifestyle of a rock star, and somebody does need to make the movie because it's it was straight out of Hollywood, which is like what that guy wanted. I mean, isn't it? It's like that is exactly what that guy wanted. He wanted well, to have that Hollywood story, and that's basically what he had. And it's well, sad. A, Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's sad, obviously, for the family and whatnot. But it yeah, is, yeah. and and that's the thing. Like, you know, the sad thing here. You know, obviously, his death is sad, but his life, in a lot of ways, was sad. You know, when you look at yeah. his, you know, the addiction he could not escape from. Yeah. Which unfortunately he, we've seen too many times with you know with musicians and great. I mean, he, but he left behind like a, a, an unbelievable uh, uh, discography. Oh too. yeah, oh I mean, yeah. No, he was uh, incredibly talented. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think as a songwriter, um, and and as a frontman. But and so Scott, you're that what you said kind of leads into it in terms of the Hollywood story and that he loved it. And I had a good conversation with our friend Andy, who's a loyal listener to the show, and he was talking about how he thinks, and I agree with this, that Scott Weiland is kind of marginalized in the discussion of '90s rock stars or the, the front men of the 90s. Yeah. And, and Andy, you know, and maybe he was too dismissive. He's not a big Pearl Jam or Nirvana fan. But he was basically saying that Wyland should be at their level or above. But most critics, you know, a lot of critics didn't like STP in the 90s. And so they kind of always come below in, in, in the, you know, in well, they were, estimation of his They were kind of like, they, they always seemed like, because like, it, like, uh, um, Core came out like a year or two after Nevermind and Ten. Right. So I think people they kind of they felt a little bit maybe almost uh, like they had glommed on a little bit. But I it think came was... out, it came out right out. It was ninety two. I mean, it came out like right after like a year. Yeah. I know, but I mean, just, just but as far as like how I mean, I remember thinking of it as like second wave in that in that. Well, wait a minute. Time. We were second wave. But we were, you like, were like thirteen, yeah. man. Okay. I know. Well, so <laughs> a year. Or so so at thirteen, a year is a pretty damn long time right no that, i that's true that's yeah true. but i i to me being uh, us being of the age that literally grew up with all three of those bands 
I don't remember mm-hmm. anybody among our peer group saying, "Oh, this is second wave shit, man. This yeah. is rip off okay, shit." Fine. Bullshit. That was older critics. Well, I think were... critics were saying that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, but, but that was. Then also maybe that the fact that they were an LA band, not a Seattle band, probably had a lot to do yes. with it. You know? yeah, yes, yeah. The I authenticity. Think so. I agree with you because everybody else. But then, how about the comment from Billy Corgan? Did you guys see Billy Corgan's quote this week? Well, no. What he did he said, say? He no. said the great voices of the '90s were Kurt, Lane, and Scott. And that's what he said. And I mean, it's like so you you know he's in there with with all the Seattle, the Seattle bands, obviously Lane Staley, yeah. Allison Chains. And, that's yeah, interesting. I mean, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that and was, I, I said to the, yeah. to you guys yeah. the other day that sadly, you know, Scott joins that list of you know of Kurt and Lane and Shannon Hoon. Yeah, you know of these '90s rock stars who died you know well before their time. And, yeah. Uh, you know, As you were talking Hollywood, the DJ and me had to cue up Hollywood bitch. But I mean, we don't we don't take breaks for songs. But I mean, I can just play STP music all oh all yeah night long. But, I, but, yeah. So one other thing I was gonna say about yeah. Wyland that, that ties into what Scott was saying about embracing, I think the uh, the rock star life style and image is that, uh, and again, it's it's relative in the context of of his like the peers that he had, like Billy Corgan and uh, Kurt Cobain and Eddie Vedder. He was like the only one, I feel like, of the big rock stars of the 90s who embraced it and didn't fight it. The other guys all had this tortured relationship with fame. They, they you know, they kind of it's they a great didn't point. want it or at least said they yeah, did. Yeah. And, and Scott Weiland was like a throwback in a sense to like the 70s. Queen and David he, Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. And Kiss, yeah. the people yeah. he admired. Led Zeppelin, Kiss. You're like, right. He just was like, yeah, I'm, he kept I'm that, a rock star uh... and I'm going to own it. And, you know, I love Eddie Vedder. I love Kurt Cobain. But those guys were always like, oh, I fucking hate this. <laughs> yeah, he was like very, the, he brought, he brought the, the fans all over me. And... You mean he brought his L.A. sensibilities with them, really? Yeah, really and that was, about. there was yeah. something refreshing about that, I think. Yeah. Um, but this guy had, I mean, he had a rough life. He had a lot of shit happen to him and family wow. shit and, like, a rough life. And, and he just, uh, he became an artist. He's, he's, the, he's the quintessential artist, kind of. And, uh yeah, Todd, I, I agree with you. That's a great point. And and going back to, you know, this guy who was the ultimate rock star. I mean, for me, he was the first guy who uh who 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 made me want to be a rock star in a way. And I'm gonna tell you the story. I remember walking in as a fifteen year old to the Patriot Center to see Stone Temple Pilots. I was so excited I had third row tickets with our buddy Alex. Was that the purple tour? That was purple. Third awesome. third awesome. third row, you guys. Where was that? Patriot Center? That was at the Patriot Center in oh, Virginia. Nice. And uh third row and I walk in there as a as a naive fifteen year old and I see all these uh you see all the no smoking signs in the arena, right? And you're 15, and you don't, you're like, oh, well, you're not supposed to smoke in the arena, right? One of your first concerts, right? It was, the, I think it was the second concert <laughs> I've ever been to. And, uh, and there he is smoking the cigarette the whole time. And I'm like, this of is course. fucking cool. This guy doesn't give a shit <laughs> about the, this is a, this is fucking rock. That's what I said. It's a 15 year I mean, and it was, yeah, it was like, and he was on tour with the fucking Me Puppets. I can only imagine what state he was in by the time he took the stage. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And seeing him like just move across the, the stage and being in the third row, I said, I fucking love rock and roll, and this is what I want. And this is this is awesome. What this guy was doing was awesome, and um, yeah, I just thought. I, I mean, that was amazing. And then I'll tell you another story. As a 15 year old, when I heard Big Empty, 
I didn't think there would ever be music made that sounded better than that song. That was <laughs> that was the ultimate for me. I mean, I remember hearing Big Empty. I remember going into like history class the next day, talking about it with some of our peers over I, and I over. Mean, I know we talked about and it. I'm, I, I'm sure we did. I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved yeah. it. And if it if it if YouTube had existed, I probably would have single handedly raised the the play count by about five hundred thousand just that <laughs> afternoon after school. Um, so. <laughs> The fact that it was on the Crow soundtrack. I was gonna say Crow soundtrack is where, I, yeah. is where I fell in love with it. Was on that soundtrack, which yeah. is a great, great soundtrack. By the oh, way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Uh, so that, those are my those are my Scott Weiland stories, and then the the fourth being yeah the the, the Velvet Revolver show. But I just yeah it it was it was weird to to to, to see that news on um the, you know that night that it broke and. Uh, it, it, I don't know. He, 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 and I, you know, and I, and I think we had talked on the show even about the solo album that nobody listened to, and he was out there yeah. playing these gigs for five, ten dollars. The one he, the one he put out this year with the Wild About. Yeah, it was a good album. It was, it's yeah, good it's a good, it's a good album, and nobody heard. It. I, he just got no respect. I don't know. Anyway. I think it's the best thing he's he did since you know outside of STP. Oh uh, well, Velvet Revolver, yeah. Velvet Revolver, man. I mean, come on, really? Okay, all right, okay, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, okay. Yeah. I meant like his solo stuff of his solo yeah. roundabouts. I guess yeah. I sorry. Oh yeah, and, better than the Christmas album? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it's and STP STP is still currently uh, uh, vocalist less, I guess. Uh, Chester Bennington well, just, left. It's, yeah, right. He just left it, like right before this happened a few weeks yeah. ago, I think. Yeah. yeah. So they they don't have any singer. I mean, maybe that's it. Who knows? Maybe Axel comes and yeah. does the STP. Nice. Uh, Gig. I, yeah. Anyway. But, but 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 Scott mentioned uh. Yeah, Chris Cornell could fill in. Oh, Chris Cornell's killing it right now, though, man. Chris Cornell. I mean, yeah, that's I a, like his solo. Yeah, album. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. This story yeah. he's doing. So those Very are cool. those are, I think, all of our thoughts on Sonel Pilots. Wrapping up that part of the conversation, though, I do want to go around and get your your take on your favorite Scott Weiland song. It can be Stonehill Pilots or Velvet Revolver because I'm sure you guys listened to a lot this past week. I just gave away mine. It's still big empty. It hasn't big empty for. For 20 years, it still is Big Empty. There's a hell of a lot more that I like, but number one for me is Big Empty. What, what, what's your guys? We could do a whole top five probably on his stuff, but what's what's your favorites? Todd, um, jeez, it's, it's a tough I can't one. do it I on the fly. No, I hadn't prepared it, but <laughs> I will. I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna go with the deep cut. Um, I mean, I love Interstate Love Song. I love Big Empty. Uh, but I'm gonna say still remains. I love. Oh, it's a great song. And, and 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 Scott, I want I wanted to mention just that Scott had had said he listened to Purple like the day before Wyland or the day Wyland. So died yeah, before. that's it. No, I'm glad you. And, and it yeah. is, and and I think that is their masterpiece. I think that is their crowning achievement. I think Core is a great album, but like Purple really distilled uh, some of the best parts of that, and what they became more than just a hard rock band that was you know aping Pearl Jam or Alice in Chains. It was. They transcended that, and that's purple. You know, if you haven't listened to it in a while, or if you've never listened to it, I really recommend listening to that album because I think start to finish, it's just amazing. And, you know, and I was re remiss in my youth; I did not buy that album. Oh yeah. Oh. I didn't get it until I was in my late twenties, actually. Luckily, you can listen to it um, as many times as you want now. The internet. That's right.
So my favorite is also off of Purple, okay. um, but probably uh, uh, Vaseline is my favorite song. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, a great one. And then probably uh, Wicked Garden off of Court would be my other one if I wanted to go like that, because I remember really digging that video and getting into that song when it first came out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, think about the, the hit. It was just amazing. Think about a song like even Big Bang Baby. I feel like that, that's such a great song, right? I mean, it's yeah, oh, yeah. so different. Oh, yeah. God. Um, and but, tripping on a hole in a paper. Oh, tripping on that's one of my favorite rock songs. That along that with, guitar solo is unbelievable. Yeah, I that love song. That, that song I think is Dean, great. Dean Delio. Yeah, well, he awesome. talked about Wyland talked about uh, in one of his final interviews that that was his favorite. That's the favorite. That's his favorite music that he ever put out was that album. Was the tiny oh, music? Oh, really? Yeah, tripping t- on a, t- oh, tiny, tiny music, music. Tiny music. Right. Yeah, tiny music yeah. is the album. Um, but yeah, Dude, t- I still remember seven CD sides at seven playing tiny music. Do you remember that? On DC <laughs> and Ron Eidelman had taped it, I think. Oh. And we all listened to it. I think we all listened to it. I do remember. I mean, Big Sorry. Bang Baby Flashback. straight. No, Big Bang Baby going to the Lady Picture Show. Was- Yeah, actually, I was Lady Picture Show was my runner-up for favorite STV. Lady Picture Show is good. Yeah, the cool cool thing that came out after not on Core but on especially on uh, Purple and Tiny Music was the fact that he's a huge Beatles fan, and you got that very much with Pretty Penny and and with uh, Lady Picture Show. Yeah, those are like great, like really nice harmonies. Nothing you would have expected after Core. So, so yeah, so that, I that was a that was a beauty of that that what he brought together was that Kiss Zeppelin seventies vibe with the sixties vibe of of the Beatles and popier stuff like the birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the uh, I'm glad Todd, you did tell that story. That I, this was weird. I should mention it to our listeners. It was very strange. So randomly, and I haven't been listening to a lot of grunge lately, so this was kind of random. Randomly on the morning commute, the day that he, you know, he died at night, and that, that day on the morning commute, I, I open up. I'm using Google Play Music these days, and I open up my Google Play Music, and it tell it gives you, it opens up with a screen of stuff you may want to listen to, and it randomly tells me you may want to listen to Purple. I mean, what? That was so. It was so weird, and I listened to the album front to back, and I was just like, this is amazing, and I had to listen to front to back probably in. A, a long time, obviously, and uh, yeah, sure. and then it, yeah, and then so so weird. So there you go. That's rock and roll for you. But uh, yeah, that was weird. Well, I, this was very cathartic to to for us to. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we could. Talk I'm glad about we had this. that discussion. I, I, you know, it's been a couple of days where yeah. I've just you know yeah. been been sad about it. Sad. Half. You know, I don't know. It just half- feels like an important part of our youth. There's no doubt yep. about it. No doubt about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, pick yourself back up, Todd. Don't be the half the man that you used to be. And let's get on. Let's get <laughs> I'll on. I'll try with not this to show. be. I will say, Lane Staley's <laughs> yeah. death for some reason affected me more than any of the other. Maybe Kurt, but Lane for some reason I was very affected by his death, even more more than any of the others. Oh. Which is weird. Well, you were you were really in. I was a big Allison Chains fan. Yeah. I remember yeah, when Dirt. Think- Dirt came out. You were like just completely in love with that. Oh yeah, man. And it's funny because I told Scott and Harrison like I had the. Uh, and for for STP, the first two albums, I bought the tablature books, the guitar tab books. Yeah. And I played the hell out of those. Like I knew every song, and I did the same with Dirt. I did the same with Ten and Nevermind, like all those albums. But I don't know. It, it, well, yeah. No, it, but yeah, Allison Chains did. That's true. I was. Anybody, they were like one of my absolute favorite bands. For anybody who's of our age and had any kind of aspirations to be a rock star and learn how to play guitar knew this. I mean, like this was. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and that unplugged with him sitting there on that stool and empty. I mean, you saw we saw oh, it. The rocking out, chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, the rocking chair was big empty. 
That, that was, was big the, empty. But they right. had a different clip that they would show that was plush, unplugged, that he had done in the MTV oh, that's studios. An amazing ver- version. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome and that has everything. Great guitar. There's a great drum fill right there. And then his vocals. I mean, that's... That's a yeah. That's a good one. All right, let's uh, let's get on with the with the countdown, and we are counting down as it is December, coming into the end of the year here. Our favorite albums of 2015. Harrison, start us off, man. All right, I'm going to start off uh, with you know, my uh, hometown favorite, Dan Deacon, and his album Glissriffer. Um, if you can get into discordant electronic dance music, this album's for you. Um, another, but yeah, uh, uh, local favorite Dan Deacon, who should be scoring one of Martin Scorsese's movies coming up soon. Really? Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think he, or he's already scored the movie. I think it's whatever Scorsese doing next. Um, anyway, that's my number five. Number four. What is your, what's your favorite track off of that album? Oh God, don't all right, you don't put me on all the right, spot. All right, all right, yeah. all right, all right, all right, no, it's just right. no, it's just one of those ones you just you press play and you listen to the whole thing all Good the way through because it's, right. it's a continuous you know it's a continuous flow. Okay. Um, so number four on my list is uh, Drake's. Um, if you're reading this, it's too late. Um, actually, the first Drake album I've actually ever listened to. I didn't know you were um, a Drizzy fan. Nice. Ah, uh, no, I, I mean I, I'm not not particularly. I um, but I listened <laughs> to this and I really I really enjoyed it. Um, and the song Energy or Enemy uh ener- energy. energy yeah energy yeah uh, i think that was on um uh what's that show um lost city okay uh, or broad city broad city sorry oh broad city. oh yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah they had a they had a great scene with them like walking into a bank to that song um but anyway yeah it's a good album i i think it, it, it's been a top pick i think around also uh Number three is the recently released uh, Elvi, Return to the Moon. I think this is on some other uh, lists. I think Sister of Pearl is a, just a fantastic song. Um, and my daughter Penny loves loves it. So you know it's cool. good. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kid tested, father approved. Yeah. Elvi was cool in that it was it was it was cool. I felt like it sounded a little enough different from the national, but it was able to mm-hmm. carry his very unique voice. Like it wasn't it wasn't just yeah. rehashing national, but it was what you want from from him, yeah. from Matt, right? No, I, like, yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I feel like he's like kind of let himself loose from the whatever constraints the national puts on their own, you know, approach to music. This was more, you know, kind of branching out, you yeah. Know, and he does, like, yeah. The, the it was tremolo, a more, like, more fun, yeah. Like he does like a faux tremolo in the, in the, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, Sister of Pearls. There's a, there's good stuff. No, it's a, it, I love that album, and I I think I mentioned on the show, but I saw him uh, last month and. They put on a great show. I love the album, and, they, and because they only have one, you know, forty-two three-minute album, they played everything. So it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, along with a cover of Fine Young Cannibals, she drives me crazy, which was fun. Really? That way. Right. That's yeah, it. We gotta dig that cover. out of hold that. Hold on. That would be awesome. We gotta dig that, that was, up. Wait a that minute. That was great. We, we gotta find that. that. Elvi doing. Uh, it's gotta be on Fine YouTube. Y- yeah, Fine Young Cannibals. Me crazy. Yeah. That's, Wow. Such a great song. Yeah. We need to do a show like top five songs you forgot about that are awesome. Here, we, here we go. Here it is. It was so let's cool because it was like the, the, I don't know, like the last thing I expected to hear. Yeah, <laughs> let's see. I don't know how good the quality is on this. Yeah, this is there you go. Yeah, cool. This is really good. Yeah, it was cool. 
<laughs> wow, that's awesome. So Todd, you yeah, saw that man. live, right? That I looks, saw that. Yeah, that looks so was, fun. Yeah, it was. It was so. Yeah. It was really fun. It was. It was awesome because it. It basically, and th that actually sums up kind of the whole side project to me because it shows he's not taking him. He's not taking himself too seriously, which I think. A lot of people maybe criticize the national for for being the self serious. And that's what I meant. That's what I meant about the constraints of the national. You know. Yeah, but but I think like he's really just cut loose and like it's cool. He just seems like he's having fun. He's not wearing all black. He's actually was wearing white jeans and like a white sh like a, a teal shirt or something. It was like totally different Matt Berninger. It's like he went to Miami and had a good time and was like, I'm just going to start. I'm going to go with it. Just run him with it. That clip, uh, that clip was from November 2nd at the Doug Fur Lounge. I'm not sure where that venue oh, is. Oh, that's right before I saw him. I saw okay. him on, on Veterans Day. Yeah. 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 That was cool. Cool. All right. Nice. I'll buy it. Number good three. Choice, Harrison. Yeah. Good choice. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and uh, number two, I have uh, Florence and the Machine. How big, how blue, how beautiful. Um, I Another, another grand hit by Florence and the Machine. Uh, I mean, What Kind of Man and I guess Ship to Rack are my two, two of my favorite songs off that album. I hate to be, you know, I hate to just pick the uh, the singles, but there you go. No, the, it's, they're great singles. It's, yeah, there's no yeah. And her performances, I don't know if you guys have seen any of the stuff, either streaming or when it's aired on Palladium or places like that, but some of the performances from uh, her festival headlining sets from last year. I know she's doing more festivals this coming up summer. Uh, she's so good. And we talked a lot about her, actually, on the, oh, yeah. on the live. I've been kicking live myself acts. for a while yeah. for missing her yeah. this summer. Yeah. Just She did it on her, just on her headlining tour. Uh, she is headlining Firefly next year, which yep. I'm excited about, and Harrison will have to talk about that. Later. Oh, yeah, we'll figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully Todd didn't make plans without you, Harrison. For your our listeners, that was a sensitive no. topic before yeah. we went on the air tonight. I haven't made yeah. any plans yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Nice. Uh, number number one for Harrison is uh Father John Misty, I love you, honey bear. All right. All right. Oh, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. So that gives me a chance. I was holding on now you've gotten got me down to the YouTube the YouTube cover sinkhole. But now that you've mentioned your and I wasn't going to play this, and but now that you've mentioned your top two, I kind of have to play it because mm -hmm. there was a cover. Have you guys heard the duet with Florence and Father John Misty? Have you guys heard that before? No. You, okay. no. What so is this, this was when this was at Coachella, uh, and Florence. This year. This was. Uh, yeah, this was this year. Yeah, this oh. was this was this year Coachella. Uh, let me dig. Let me dig this up. It was Florence. And Father John Misty together. I'm intrigued. Uh, all right, Definitely hold, intrigued. hey, hang on. This it was a surprise. I can't remember. Oh, I know why. So she had um, what had happened? She broke her foot. You remember that? She broke her foot yes, right before at Coachella, right? Yeah. So she broke her foot. So she had done the whole show, which you know for her is really difficult because she dances around she, so much, like runs around a lot. Yeah. So she was yeah. doing the entire show, sitting or most of the show, I guess she was sitting on a bar stool, and. She called up Father John Misty, either at the encore or towards the end of the show, and they performed a cover, which I'll play right now, and it will surprise you guys here, because you'll be like, what song do you think they're going to play? I don't know how good the... Let's see if we can... You guys pick up on it or not? No. So yeah. <laughs> I 
Oh wait, I got a better copy of this. Hang on a second. Oh, it's Love Hurts. Right. It's Love yeah, Hurts. Love hurts. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's Love yeah. Hurts. I knew the words, then I was yeah. like, wait, what is that? Where I can take a lot of That's a great that's a great cover. Love is like a club holds a lot of men. Love there you go. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. find. Yeah, yeah. Scott. So that's man. yeah. The, uh, He's on it. Dude, the, the, you can you can never go wrong on YouTube. Like you could. I I don't know. I could sit there all. I could play. <laughs> I feel like Scott. Yeah. Anybody... Scott has spent so many thousands of hours on YouTube. Like uh, I don't spend that much time. I'm good at finding stuff. But yeah, you, you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, YouTube. Uh, I could. Somebody should. I could. Anybody wants me to to uh play YouTube tracks for them all day? I'm happy to to do that. Live bootlegs <laughs> no, that... and whatnot. But, That's a hell of a yeah. find, and actually reminds me because we were just talking about Matt Berninger yeah. uh, and Elvi, but and and this is ties into San Francisco where Scott is. But uh, the National played with churches. They collaborated at the Treasure Island Music Fest or something. They did, I, yeah. I, they, they both were on the bill. I didn't know they. And that they actually was really ended, cool. Oh, yeah, I didn't they know they actually collaborated. It's, so oh. there's a YouTube, you know, oh. search for everyone. What did they do? Uh, yeah, churches and and the National. What did they actually, do? I I don't know. I haven't even heard it. I just saw they collaborated and was like, I got to check it out. So I haven't. Checked yeah. So I'm sorry. Um, I know that that show was not streamed, so I don't know if there's a not uh, that that matters. Not, be, not that 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 usually right, doesn't. It, should be out it, there it will somewhere. be it will be out there because somebody had their phone up. But but yeah. anyway, great great choice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Harrison's list is very solid. Oh, thank you, yeah. thank you. So Harrison, read back your list for uh. For, I'm gonna sure. Go, yeah, yeah. I I'm, I'll go my my take on your list. Uh, I, I I'm not that into Drizzy these days. Um, and and Father John Misty. I'm okay. Anyway, go. Just read back your list. <laughs> well, I had an honorable mention, Tame Impala's current uh, album. I, I also really enjoyed. Anyway, going back through, I have Dan Deacon, Glycerifer, Drake. If you're reading this, it's too late. Three uh, is Alvi, Return to the Moon. Two, Florence and the Machine, How Big, How Blue, How Beautiful. And number one, Father John Misty, I Love You, Honey Bear. All right. Okay. Uh, so I'm up here with my my top five, and uh, Elvi made my honorable mention list uh, for this year. So my number five is an album that I actually just went back to, and I want to take a second to talk about it because when it came out, I was as confused as many of you probably were, and I think people were kind of confused about this act because people, some people wanted to be haters. There were two, for there were a lot of reasons. One is they were they they thought this act maybe would become a pop act. Another thing is people were like, "What are these guys doing?" I also think the frontman was portraying an image that was kind of bizarre and odd because he felt it felt like he was trying a little too hard to not be what he was before. Uh, and I'm talking about the 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 vestless Mumford and Sons, and ah. it was yeah, and it was you know I mean it was a little bit strange. They come out with this electric thing, and not only that, but also I think Marcus tried to he would always be kind of like smoking a cigarette and like looking all it was different. It was just different and weird. And I wasn't into it this summer when the album had come out. Uh, I fell back into it recently over the last few weeks, and I think it's great. And I think they're a great band, Mumford and Sons, Wilder Mind, uh, coming I, in at number five. Well, I only I I only listened to it the once yeah. the one time I listened to it and because it, it just it, it just wasn't great to me it wasn't yeah. good I mean like this whole um, electric this no like you know no intro I'm sorry that's like the that's the Mumford and Sons signature sound and you don't have it in the whole album and going electric and going electronic uh, you know it was just. There's an electronic. They just want to. I mean, they just became yeah, electric. A, they electric. Became a rock. Electric. I, but it's still good rock but, music. And, and I think also they needed to take a Kings of Leon style break from uh, the business for a little bit because I yeah. think they saturated the mark. They saturated themselves a little too much. If they had just taken like a couple years, like Whoa. waited two or three years to release an album, 
And but it just it feels like this is the annual Mumford and Sons. I'm gonna uh, I, I, I'm gonna disagree. We'll agree to disagree on that because All they right. did have a band member who was ill. I can't remember, but they had to pull. Yeah, they did. I want to yeah. say like brain, you know, brain tumor, something serious, serious, which which led them to pull out of Bonnaroo, which I think prolonged. It kind of like prolonged the wait, and then they they the album came out and the big tour, and it was you know I I feel like. I don't know. Things weren't as succinct, and that's the reason, and no reason to hold that against them, obviously. Um, but yeah. Harrison, if you, would, it, it, I think when we did talk about the album six months ago, I would have the same critique. I just went back to okay. it and kind of took a fresh take on it after. Maybe it's because I was further away from the older stuff. You know what I mean? Because you're right. Yeah. Coming fresh off the babble and the other one, like this. Okay, wait a minute. This is weird. Like, why are you trying so hard? And it was like, and he was trying hard. Like he would come out like. It was weird. All those shows this summer where he'd like be smoking a cigarette and like he'd bash the drums, and you're like, "What is going? This is not, you know, this is weird." Um, but just listening to the album, a fresh approach on that album, I think it's good music. Uh, obviously, there are people who the the sound bothers them, and that's that's a totally different critique, and you're welcome to have that critique. But that's my take on Mumford. No, that's interesting. I, sh- I feel like that's I should good. give it another listen because I, I I think I feel felt kind of like what Harrison's saying. Yeah, I listened to it and just found you know initially. I think I listened to it a couple times, but didn't find it that you know exciting. But you know, yeah. it's it's worth revisiting. So I'm glad you mentioned. All right, it. I'll 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 give it another try. Okay. We'll and, yeah. All right. Let me know when you don't like it. <laughs> number four. Number four on my list. Uh, an album that I can't stop listening to, and I kind of have tried to stop listening, and I can't, which definitely makes it one of the best of 1989 by Ryan Adams. I mean, just to, and and I think what it is <laughs> is the intrigue of the project. Like I put it on the list more so because the when you guys think of and, and we're all creative types and like you do projects or you do something and like this is I, I kind of can relate to what Ryan Adams did here. He's like, I, I'm going to set out and I'm going to do a project and it's going to be unique. And but he didn't half ass it. You know, like he went all in on this thing. He didn't just do one or two songs. He did the whole album. He reworked the songs. I just he did it in secret. And, and he, he did just it. dropped it. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he did. dropped it. That's true. So for me, I thought that was I thought that was really And he, he put his and he put his stamp on it, I feel like. Yeah. Like I I yeah. loved Ryan Adams for I don't know, like 14, 13, 14 years and and like it, it has his sound and that's an a really you know, I always feel like the best covers, you know, the, the the artist puts their own mark on it and they don't, you know, just there's so many covers that are just straight copies yeah. of whatever the music was and and the best of his, you know, his 1989 album are the covers where, and and I would say the two best ones are uh, uh, Blank Space and Bad Blood because I feel like he puts his yeah. stamp on those. Yeah. And some of the other ones, it's like, you know, it's a little more, it's either him maybe copying her or maybe not copying her, but maybe the songs are just aren't as strong. I, I, I agree. Like those, those two. I, I agree. Front to like, back. Welcome to New York. That yeah. song's terrible. No, no. Front so. to back. It's not. Yeah, yeah. Front to back. It's not a not not but so it has solid. Some, but it has like, some bad great... blood is probably the highlight. So good. Me. Yeah, he yeah. Does such a good job. But I, but what I was. Getting it sounds at... like if that was on a Ryan Adams album, you'd be like, shit, that's a good song. Yeah, that's a catchy song. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, so Ryan Adams, nineteen eighty nine, and number three, my favorite hip hop album of the year, which is getting a lot of critique now, uh, is uh, harsh critique now, is Action Bronze. Bronson, Mr. Wonderful. Uh, there's a Ghostface killer action Bronson thing. It's going. getting harsh critique, really. Well, yeah, because this Ghostface thing has like come out. There's like a what, beef. What happened? What's, what's I don't this? know. There's a Ghostface action Bronson beef that's going on. That's all. Oh. I, that's, yeah, that's oh. yeah, yeah. And so anyway, I loved that uh, action Bronson album. And hey, no, I I like yeah. this choice for you. Like yeah. I mean, I it, yeah. it's a great.
great album, and I, I didn't consider it that much. And, yeah. I, and it has been overlooked in all these end-of-the-year lists. I haven't seen it on anything. But I remember listening to it a bunch when it came out, and I was like, this is awesome. Man. Yeah. It's really I, cool sound. Yeah, and I wanted to get you know a hip-hop album on, and that was definitely my favorite uh, hip-hop album that had, that had come out this year. And I spent a lot of time like you uh listening on that and i and mark ronson was was involved in that and it seems like everything that uh mark ronson produces is i, yeah. I end up liking so he yeah, i love that song touch. brand new car if you're gonna listen to yeah, one song it's a good brand so- new car yeah, is yeah. awesome it's a good song yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh action ronson number three on my list number two an album that uh, surprised me he was a guest on the show g love uh g love and special sauce putting out love saves the day a lot of guests on that he had mentioned that when he was uh, on our show and I, you know, we've talked about it. These artists that just continue to put out good stuff, and and it, not only does their music carry on the older stuff, but also just continues to put out good stuff. Obviously, he's not some main, you know, main stage headlining act by any means. He still plays a lot of clubs, but continues to put out uh, good music. And uh, I I really like that G Love album, and found myself listening to that over and over. Yeah, when it came I, out. I I told Scott I listened mm-hmm. to it over Thanksgiving because I was a little late on it. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think Lucinda Williams is on there. But like, yeah, he did some. It's yeah. very. It's got a very bluesy sound, which you know we know that's a huge influence, as yeah. he talked about in the interview. But I definitely enjoyed it. So I know you can always count on G Love to put out an album worth listening to. Exactly. Yeah, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, number one for me, Florence the Machine. How big? How blue? How beautiful? I mean, I just continue to go back to tracks on that album. Continue to go back to that album. I think it was the the best album of the year. Uh, and I think she's. She's at uh, a great place in her career, without a doubt. So Florence the Machine at number one on my list. And uh, other right. honorable mentions that I wanted to mention besides Elvi, but also because I think there was a lot, you know, uh, any year there's a lot of good music. Right. For it's us. hard. It's, it's but, especially hard to narrow it down to five. Yeah. Uh, just coming out within the last six weeks or so, both uh, Revivalist and Lucero with new albums that are, are worth worth checking out. So uh, those yeah, are, those are and, and both on my honorable mention List. Yeah, revivalists are—they are like my band right now. They are killing it, I think, and uh, I think they're—they're they're worth listening to. So, huh. my top five: Mumford, Wilder, Mind, Ryan Adams, 1989, Action Bronson, Mr. Wonderful. Uh, number two, G Love with Love Saves the Day, and at number one, Florence with How Big, How Blue, How Beautiful. Todd, you're up. All right. Well, that actually transitions beautifully because my number five is Florence and the Machine. How big, how blue, how beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, you—you you guys have both talked about it. Obviously, we all agree that. And we've talked about Florence a lot on the show, and you know she's, I think, clearly one of the most exciting performers and, and musicians out there in, in music today. Um, and I just wanted to, I was going to share, oh yeah, it, I, a good quote. I was reading a lot of these end of the year best of lists, and Rolling Stone called it one of the most moving and inspiring breakup albums in recent years. So it's some nice praise um, that I could agree with. And uh, we talked about, Harrison mentioned Ship to Wreck. What kind of man? I mean, what Ship to Wreck is a, is a just beautiful anthem, um, and and what kind of man just rocks, you know, rocks harder than I think anything she's done before. When I first heard that song, I was like, "Holy shit, this is Florence and the Machine." Like, yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's that a, song, song. That song is yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Totally yeah. really good. It, it, it calls you to attention where you're like, "Damn, <laughs> oh that's, shit, that's yeah, somebody <laughs> fucked up." <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> what kind of man? Yeah, it's yeah, that is an awesome song. But 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 she, you know, she's one of the artists, and and that's a theme in my list, and probably you guys too. But like, she's one of those artists who really put her stamp on 2015, and that's the cool thing about this list. I think is we're talking about artists uh, that that you know that these are unmistakably yeah. you know big parts of this year. Like yeah, you you're can't, right. 
You're right. You know, if you were going to make a, a short list of artists that, uh, you know, had a big impact this year. And that and that, I think, is what what elevated her this year to, as Scott said, like a must see headliner. And she, it, you know, for festivals, which she wasn't necessarily in, in the past. No, a year, but, uh, a year she, ago, I think she jumped to a whole new level. A, a year ago, she was not a she was she was not a headliner. No way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A year ago this yeah. time. No way. Yeah, you're right. So so moving on, my number four, a band that I have praised uh, a lot over over the the show and the years, but Lord Huron uh, came out with the, the album Strange Trails back in April. Uh, it was their second proper album. And uh, it's just, it's a haunting concept album with this apocalyptic vision, um, which may, may, it may turn some people off, but it's really, it's really well done. It's filled with all these rich characters, this this pulpy comic book, you know, vision that that, that uh, Adam Schneider, the singer, has. And uh, I thought it was the perfect follow-up to their first album, Lonesome Dreams, because Lonesome Dreams it laid out all these great kind of it, it's kind of fo- indie folk, a uh, little poppy. Uh, but the first album, um, you know, it, it it had a feel, but but then they really pulled it together. I feel like with this album, and so I had a good. Again, I'm going to pull a good quote from Consequence of Sound about this album because they loved it. Uh, and they their quote was, uh, a solid seven years ago, Lord Huron's sophomore album, which is this album, might have broke the bank a little bit. But now the Los Angeles Troubadours' particular brand of ensemble indie folk, a la Fleet Fox's My Morning Jacket and Ward, has faded into the cultural outfield. But here's why trends are dumb. Lord Huron's Strange Trails is enchanting from start to finish. And I That's thought cool. I couldn't put that better myself. Um, I thought that really encapsulated it well. And I feel like that album kind of flew under the radar this year or it just was maybe underappreciated because it's not on any or not on any lists I've seen. But, uh, you know, I'm a super fan, so I had to mention it. Um, yep. And I actually it wasn't even on my list at one point. And I had to kick off the Decembrists and I had to kick off uh, Slater Kinney for that because i was like this album's too good and i love those other albums um and those bands are bands that have been together for much longer um that surprised me slater kinney coming out of nowhere mm-hmm. you know with yeah with, uh no, with no cities to love i think yeah um, the, the great album yeah and, and then the decembers what a terrible world what a beautiful world so those are i'm throwing in some honorable mentions there too but that lord Huron displaced them so number three uh moving on to uh and it's funny. It's probably good that I'm mentioning this this because it it's kind of, it seems to be the consensus number one pick of most critics is Kendrick Lamar's "To Pimp a Butterfly," and uh, this album is really interesting because when it came out early in the year, um, I listened to it for like a week straight. I listened to nothing else but this album, uh, and that doesn't happen very often. And I think it's because I mean, obviously it's a great album, but it, it you know it was so ambitious and it was this epic album. And it's so much a product of our time. You know, we talk about that, like I just said, with 2015, you know, that album, you know, I think is a, is a great document, um, you know, of, of this time, not just in rap music, but, you know, in the culture at large. And so, yeah, I think it speaks to, so there's, it's interesting because the, the Kendrick album only made one of the, the three lists and I picked Action Bronson's album over Kendrick, which I'm sure people would skewer and I picked me. Drake over Kendrick. Yeah, yeah and, true. You did. Both of you were going to have Kendrick on the, your list. I, but, uh, I listened to, to, to Kendrick, uh, the album all the way through, uh, maybe, you know, once a couple of times, like I, I just, and, and, and then, you know, I like not feeling it. I like it as an album for an album as a whole. I mean, there's some great stuff on it. His live performances are really good. The stuff that you see out there, um, and 
I just, it's not surprising. I don't know. It's, it's it, what I was getting. No, it, it didn't do it for me. Um, like as the best, as one of the best I thought, but maybe that's because again, psychologically the hype, like Harrison was talking about with the Mumford effect, right? There's, there's a certain mm-hmm. aspect psychologically things get to you. Uh, but what I wanted to say on the positive side was Todd, this definitely speaks to what you were talking about when you think about the artists that we're discussing on this show. I mean, he's, he is one of the artists of 2015. And, and I think that's, oh, yeah. that's certainly important. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I so. feel like when we're looking back even you know five or ten years from now yeah you know that will be you he, know one of the albums if not the album that people say you know that was one of the, the yeah the albums i'll also say that year. guy he busts his ass too like i mean he, doing the stuff he did which are the, the live shows which he's done over the last eight weeks or so where he's toured with a full band uh and played i know he was here and say he played in oakland here in the bay area i know he played it did he do the kennedy center did you see did he see did he did yeah he, he played, played the, the kennedy center with the, the national oh, really? symphony yeah, Orchestra. yeah yeah so he's doing these well, those tickets went for a fortune on the secondary market yeah he's doing okay. some really really cool stuff and he so. did two nights at the lincoln theater also yeah. in dc yeah, cool. and I look. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd still love. I still have not seen him live. I would love to see him live. Let's not forget. Oh, speaking of Bonnaroo, he did. The, there's a Bonnaroo cover. He came out during Super. Did Jam. he play Bonnaroo this year? Yeah, he, he played did, right? Bonnaroo this year, and they did. It was the Super Jam, and he and Chance the Rapper came out on a song oh, with Earth, awesome. Wind, and Fire. And <laughs> yeah, they they. Oh yeah, nice. oh yeah, you guys. And they did. I don't know. I can't remember what they did, but uh, they didn't play September, did they? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm not sure who, you know, what, the, but uh, yeah, they freestyled. It was during, I think it was, oh, it was during Earth, Wind, and Fire set. Anyway, so yeah. Oh, Kendrick, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, those nice. are two of the biggest hip-hop names of the year, Kendrick and Chance the Rapper. So, so, yeah. so again, you know, I, again, I dug up some quotes here and, you know, my research, but but I was <laughs> one quote I wanted to share, Consequence of Sound, if you haven't read it, they did an awesome top 50 albums of the year i think it's better than rolling stones i looked at theirs i looked at nme i looked at the guardian i looked at a bunch but uh consequence of sound had a really good quote about uh to pimp a butterfly and they and and kendrick lamar and they 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 just said he has positioned himself as one of the most important voices in music and his third studio album to pimp a butterfly is an intricate and demanding master stroke that will undoubtedly affect the way rap takes shape in the coming years every moment serves a specific purpose constructing the most challenging and rewarding listen of the year to pimp a butterfly is an opus that is both a reflection of its time and now a hallmark of it. So I thought that was well put. Wow. Uh, by, by yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you know you don't hear a praise much higher than that, you know, very often. No. So I will move on uh, from Kendrick uh, to number two, Father John Misty, which Harrison, I'm glad he touched on. Uh, I love you, Honey Bear is the album, and this album just it's just for me it, it puts a smile on my face listening to it, talking about it, thinking about it. Um, cause I, 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 his, um, his first album, I loved it. I saw him on that tour and then to see him twice on this tour, um, has been really fun, but it's, it's, it's just this battle. I feel like the whole album is this battle with his own, he's got this persistent, ironic detachment from everything, but then yeah. on the other fell in love and he got married. So he's trying to reconcile that. And that's like, that, I feel like the album is this wrestling match between those different uh, sides. And so, again, I'm going to pull a quote, but Consequence of Sound, they, they kind of, you know, in kind of the same vein of what I'm talking about, they said that love is equal parts connecting with an individual and overcoming your personal struggle or hangups. And no one has captured those dueling aspects of 21st century romance better than Josh Tillman, a.k.a. Father John Misty. 
witty and articulate while staying compositionally miles ahead of any indie folk rock album of the year. This could easily become Father John Misty's masterpiece. I thought that was well put. And uh, it is, I think it's a masterpiece. So he's, uh, that's why he's yeah, he's, he had quite a year <laughs> and his career. Yeah. What a, what a career arc for him so far. Yeah. Amazing. To go from like yeah. Fleet Foxes, yeah. which was an yeah. incredible band to, to this. So, and then number one, I will uh, close it out with Elvi, which who we talked about Return to the Moon. Um, and such, such a great album we talked about, you know, it's a little poppier, a little more fun maybe than the national releases. And I love the national and they're one of the best bands of the last decade. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great album. I definitely recommend checking it out. And, um, yeah, I will, I'll stop with the quotes. I think that's enough. So <laughs> Thanks, I had, I, 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 look, this is no, me. Like I actually research. have two quotes about Elvi, but I'm not going to give us them. one. Give us one. You can't do Should that. I give you one? Yes. Okay. Give us one. All right, I'm going to give you my, my favorite. I one. love, yeah, this um, is so great. My list is written on the back of a napkin. Yeah, I know. And I'm sorry to get Todd does dinner more. on the way home Todd. tonight. And Todd, Todd has like. <laughs> A binder. You know what, Todd? You're in good company because if Pretty anyone's much. you're in good company. If anyone's read about Vin Scully, Vin Scully comes to the broadcast booth with hundreds of pages of research that's that he, he's uh, done. Awesome. So, Todd, you're in. Yeah, you're in yeah, very good. The company. golden voice of Vin Scully. Yeah, 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 and yeah, Dan yeah. Byrne said. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're in good so, company. So, so all right. The one quote I'll share is AV Club had a good quote talking about Elvi. And they described Elvi as gorgeous, and it's more than just a placeholder. While the next national album marinates, it stands shoulder to miserable, brilliant shoulder. And I thought that was great. That is good. That was a good way of putting it. So that's my list. Uh, to sum up, number five, all the way back. Number five, Florence and the Machine, How Big, How Blue, How Beautiful. Number four, Lord Huron, Strange Trails. Three, Kendrick Lamar, To Pimp a Butterfly. Two, Father John Misty, I Love You, Honey Bear. And one, Elvi, Return to the Moon. Sounds good. All right, the final Great list. The final list. I'm assuming Florence the Machine is probably on the list on the big. Uh, yeah, 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 I have a feeling she yeah. should be on there. Florence. Uh, how about uh, Elvi? I'm guessing is is appearing mm-hmm. on on the big yep, board yep. here. To Father John Misty. Father John Misty. Yep. So that's yeah. three. Uh, what else? What else do we got? We've got Kendrick potentially. We've got Drizzy potentially. We've got well. Why don't we? We'll go around and pick out of everybody else's like we always do. Why am I saying? Uh, so yeah, I like uh, Todd of of your list stuff that hasn't been put on the board. I, I like the Kendrick. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the Kendrick pick up there. Okay. Uh, you know, I said I, I was trying to get across. I don't know if I did it for a listener. I was trying to get across something that I felt. I didn't get as into it as the critics had gotten into it, um, but I liked it, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. I'm gonna put Kendrick on the on the list. That's a respectable right. pick. Yeah, yeah. All right, Harrison, what do you what do you want to see up there from other people's lists? Uh, well, I mean, I guess uh, you put G Love on there. All right, we'll put G Love. Yeah. All right. No, 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 no. I take that back. <laughs> uh, uh, but- Ryan Adams. Oh, yeah. uh, that's what I was gonna say. Ryan Adams. Oh, also. all right. So I think I think we've got our five now. So we've got we've got our five. Our final five are Florence Elvi, Father John Misty, Kendrick, and Ryan Adams. My only argument yeah. would be Ryan Adams coming above Kendrick. Do you guys have a problem? Oh, oh, that's really? yeah. No, you no, know no, what? Ryan, Ryan Adams, Kendrick. I feel like he could be five. Solid okay, five. fine. Ryan. Oh, all right. So where does Kendrick place above Father John Misty? Probably. I'd be okay with that, but I, yeah, I, I yeah, could yeah. see him at three or four. Yeah. Okay. Three? If four? Okay. Yeah, three. Oh, three? Uh, we'll leave him at four? Leave Kendrick at four? Four. Leave him at four. It's okay. Right. It seems like, yeah, it seems like All you right. guys aren't on this one board. 
All right, number five, our, our final five, the best five albums of 2015, as decided by Twisted Lister. Number five, Ryan Adams, 1989. Number four, Kendrick Lamar, To Pimp a Butterfly. At number two, it's Father John Misty. Three, I, three. Number three, I'm sorry. Number, <laughs> yeah, number three. Sorry, skip two. I skipped three. Yeah, three, Father John Misty, I Love You, Honey Bear. Number two, Elvi, Return to the Moon. And number one, the number one album of 2015, according to us, and is there anybody else to ask? That's it's Florence right. and the Machine. <laughs> how big, how blue, how beautiful. Uh, Florence, your award is coming in the mail. So Now, conspicuously uh, missing from this list, yeah, um, Adele's 25. Y- yeah, it is conspicuously yes. missing. <laughs> well, I, I also... I for one haven't heard it because I um, yep. don't need you know I don't get, I didn't get my free copy with a pair of control top jeans from JC Penney's. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was 2015 and we didn't have to buy music. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not gonna I'm gonna go like I love this. If you want to talk about the last gasp of a dying industry, the fact that you, yeah. the one album they know is going to blow up sales, they restrict to CDs only. Yeah. And then, um, well, you know why? Sort of arbitrary sales record, and you can only do it with the best album, or you know, like the most popular album of the year. Surprise, right. popular album. Yeah, of yeah. Year. Of course, she and Taylor Swift are like the only people who get away with that. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you guys. I have not heard the. Uh, I, I have not heard the rest of the yeah, album. It, it was so short-sighted because, you know, they talked about how they sold three three million copies in, you know, one week, and it's a new record. But they could have sold 10 million if they had just sold, sold it online, you know, didn't offer it streaming. You could have put it on iTunes yeah. and made the same amount of money and not have to ship anything. <laughs> That's a good point. Better for the environment. Well, nobody it's, talks about it's that. It's like the last gasp of the record industry, right? Nobody yeah. T- yeah, nobody talks about that, that, um, that there was that – there, I don't even want it. You guys know I don't even need to. You don't even. Everybody knows my place in this argument. I mean, it's it's absurd <laughs> and ridiculous, and it's uh, it was definitely a political move. So now the industry probably has bought themselves five more years so they can show a, a, a white paper that shows, hey, look at how well CD sales do. You know that kind of bullshit. Now, yeah, this is gonna be yeah. this is yeah. gonna be the new yeah. stunt bullshit that everybody's gonna pull. You know? Well, they will. And they won't. I mean, look at look Coldplay kind of backed off a little bit this release. I don't know what the status <sighs> yeah, is. So- what is Coldplay doing now? I know they put it on iTunes, and right? they put but it. Not on it's the on my on my Google Play Music, which I've dropped oh, Spotify it? for. Okay. It's on there, um, okay. and so they are streaming it. But okay. but is it? It's not on. Is it on Spotify? I haven't even I haven't yeah. seen checked okay. yet. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I do like what I've heard of of it so far. Well, yeah. Um, Speaking of Coldplay, they are playing. You know the Super Bowl. Super yeah. Bowl Fifty. Yeah. In February, which came out oh. this week. Harrison, yeah. what are your feelings on that? Oh, like, no. It gives you indigestion, I guess. No, it's fucking terrible. It's a terrible choice. It's a terrible, terrible choice for the Super Bowl. Some guy sitting down at a piano playing a piano? No, it's going to be awful. And I guess they're signing up a bunch. Of, like, I guess like Bruno Mars is supposed to come and help them out. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. maybe Beyonce, too, or Rihanna, one of the two. Right. Oh, well, yeah, Rihanna, Rihanna, they have a great song. They have that song that Prince, what is it called? Oh, yeah, like, Princess that, of China? Oh, yeah. Or something yeah, of China. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have a song. Well, I'm not down with the whole. I'm not trying to sound uh, ignorant or anything, but I'm not down with the whole like British acts playing the Super Bowl. Yeah, what's up with that? Like, I'm just not down. Yeah, it's. (laughs) I'm not trying to be all like, but it's just (laughs) not. Here's the deal. Let me tell you guys something. I'm so excited, and I'm not just the saying. Who, the Who's was one of the worst of the recent memory. Uh, oh, I don't know about that. I am, I am excited about the fact that Metallica has been worked into the two world festivities. By my, I'll just give a shout out. My 
employer, CBS Radio, is bringing Metallica at AT and T Park. I'll give a sh- and that is I'm I'm going to give credit where credit is due because we talk nice. a lot about the fact that you know what should be in, in, involved in the Super Bowl, metal and hip hop, right? That's what the Super Bowl should be about: hard rock and hip hop. And we don't see it enough. We see a pop back during halftime. I'm so glad that Metallica is playing the night before the Super Bowl at AT and T Park, um, so I can kind of so I can. I'm okay with the Coldplay thing, knowing that Metallica thing, but without the Metallica thing, I'd be pretty upset. Uh, the other aspect of it is you're talking the Bay Area where there's a lot of great music and you have some randos from uh, London playing. So there you go. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Go figure. Sammy Hagar's so pissed. You know that. He's, he's, oh, yeah. And you know he's calling Chris Martin every day. Hey, can I get in? Guys, how can I, can I get in on this? <laughs> do, you think, do you think Bob, Bob yeah. Weir is also oh. bitter? He's like, dude, come on. Yes. Dad, come no, you know what why? Do you think we're doing here? No, you know we, why? You know why? Because. Bob Weir and the Grateful Dead think that they're bigger than the fucking NFL. That's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's, doing, who's, doing, who's doing the anthem? Do we know that yet? Uh, I yeah, know. I don't know. Maybe Bob Weir. Can, maybe Bob Weir and, and you know he's played with the National before. So there you go. Maybe Bob Weir and the yeah. National can do that together. Oh, that I would like. <laughs> <laughs> I'd tune in for that. Yeah, don't don't oh. hold your breath for for that one. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Well, you guys, it's been it's been quite a year, and uh, you know we're going to continue to do this into 2016. Yeah. We thank our our, our loyal our loyal listeners. Have a Definitely. very a very happy Hanukkah, a very merry Christmas, a very happy Christmaka, and a happy <laughs> and a happy New Year and a happy New Year. Any other messages from you guys before we get out of here? God bless uh, us, everyone. Yeah, well, okay. that's right. <laughs> Tiny Harrison and right I. Here. Yeah, yeah, and I'm. <laughs> I'm playing STP on the way out. Can't stop playing it. Alright, peace, Scott. Yeah.